Sooner Nation, Longhorn fans, episode four, the Boomer Bebo podcast, the only podcast dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas. I'm with my good friend, Kevin Miller. I'm John Whitson, and we are excited to be here for episode four. Can you believe it, Kevin? Man, no, I can't, but it's been great. Is this proof that anybody can have a podcast for four episodes, the fact that we're here? Oh, no doubt. Yes, yeah. 100%. 100%. Yes. Easiest thing in the world to do. I love it. I am having fun. Uh, for those that are watching episode three uh, or who just watched episode three, this is a continuation of episode three uh, where we're going to continue talking about the greatest games in the OU-Texas rivalry uh, history, our favorite ones. And Really more our favorite, right? Because some of them – weren't entertaining games for the neutral sure. fan to watch, but from you know each individual fan base, they mean they have a special meaning for some reason. I, I yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it, you know, because they can be memorable, they can be pivotal, they can be the game that pushed one of us or the other towards a national championship or away from one. Absolutely, you're right. They're not the greatest games. Um, in fact. One of the things we forgot to talk about on episode three are the games that did not make our list. So we each picked three. Do you have one or two honorable mentions that we're not going to talk about, at least in the this episode and the next? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the 2013 game stands <laughs> out. Max last year, one of the most um, surprising games in, in well, we had my beat, history of watching it. We had beat Notre Dame earlier that year. Yeah, and, and you guys were on a three-game winning streak against Texas. So certainly didn't go into that one expecting Texas. You're always hopeful, but not expecting a win. And they just kind of came out and just kind of put it on the Sooners that day. It was kind of, honestly, the first time of Bob Steve's tenure that the Sooners really didn't look ready to play like he always has them. They were not ready to play. They didn't, they didn't seem ready, which is – Again, which even in 05, when Texas was by far the superior team, they were ready to play. The Sooners were ready to play. But did that we, one, I, I, I think this is our first game without Venables, right? 2013? You know, you, I believe so. Yeah. I, I hope that's had something to do with it. Um, one of the most, one of the games that did not make the list for me, and you were there on my ticket was the 2020 COVID triple overtime game. Yeah. I think it doesn't get the love it deserves because it was so limited in attendance and it was COVID and it was weird, but that was a hell of a game. It was a fun game to be at. It First of all, it was weird seeing, I don't know, was it 15,000 fans or so in the Cotton Bowl? That actually... That actually sounds like my dream. It was very comfortable to be able to extend both arms and have nobody anywhere near you. I mean, it was, but just it was eerie though. Just kind of um, in the in the very last play of the game, if Herman runs Ellinger on the two point conversion, you win the game. Oh, at the end of the fourth quarter. At the end of the fourth quarter, you win the yeah. game. It's yeah. over. We're not stopping you. I thought for sure. I mean, they were down by almost, I think, three touch or three scores. So to me, yeah, you come back, you get in a position 
Just go for two. I mean, you weren't going to win anyway. Just go for two. Why not? Have we ever stopped Sam Ellinger on a quarterback run to the right side ever in the history I of Sam Ellinger? So. No, no. I, I just, I, I could not believe he didn't run the ball. And I thought, well, we're, we're going to win because that's the chicken crappiest yeah. move I've ever seen. I, why he would keep going toe to toe. And then even in, in overtime, they would score a touchdown. Like, oh, you would score. And then they would score. I'm like, okay, just go for two. Just go for two here. No. Stop going head to head with the best offensive coordinator in, in college football. What are you doing? And it was crazy hot that day, wasn't it? Wasn't that like it a was. really hot game? Yeah. So, you know, the defense, you know, the Everybody defense was worn out. out. Yeah. Oh, but uh, Drake Stoops makes the cat. Uh, I mean, how that doesn't make the list tells you how good the li- the games are yeah. that I'm going to be bringing into the. To, you know. Real quick on, on that game too, Trey Brown, kind of underrated as a uh, as a Longhorn killer. Absolutely. The, I, absolutely. You know the the sack for the safety on Ellinger in the Big Twelve Championship game, massive uh, play, biggest play uh, of the game. He. Uh, I think he's a victim of him and Trey Norwood both are a victim of poor coaching in the defensive backs, backs yeah. uh, backfield. Correct. Because Trey Norwood was really good for the Steelers last year. Uh, it, no, really absolutely. Good. Absolutely. And and Trey Brown constantly was on the ball. Constantly yeah. around the ball. Yeah. And so yeah, I just think they were a victim of just really bad coaching, positioning, scheme. I'm not even I'm not a scheme guy. You're not going to hear me breaking down schemes. I, I don't really understand to, to that level, but I understand that when you see guys in the NFL performing like a Trey Norwood, you think, my God, what the heck were we doing that we couldn't get this same performance? See Texas football the last 10 years. I mean, we're becoming oh, NFL barbecue. You know what I'm excited about? That I'm, episode one. I'm excited to see how all your draft picks do this year. Nice. You're welcome. Yeah, for okay. those for those uh, wondering what that inside joke was, Texas had zero draft picks. Zero. It's amazing we're even doing a Beer Movivo podcast with zero draft picks. Hey, but that's about to end. The, those days are over. Oh, I'm, t- I'm, I'm telling you right now. I'm fully fully uh, invested, Kevin. Before we start talking about uh, the games that we did choose that did make the list, we got to give a shout out to Brown O'Haver. Yes. Kevin works for Brown O'Haver. I work for Brown O'Haver. Brown O'Haver is a public insurance adjusting firm that works for the insured, not the insurance company. We handle claims to get you paid more money, whether it's your residence, whether it's your business, commercial, uh, whatever the case may be, whether it's a brand new claim or a claim that's a year old, give us a call 405-735-5510. Check us out on Facebook at Brown O'Haver. We get our clients 30 to 40% more on average than they do on their own. Give us a call, 405-735-5510. Let Brown O'Haver work for you. Kevin, uh, the day of this taping, Ray Liotta died. Yeah. Is Is he the best? Did he put together the best depiction of a ghost of any movie of all time? Yes or no? Best ghost. It's up there, man. I mean, Patrick Swayze was a good ghost. I mean, there were some good ghosts out there. Patrick Swayze was Patrick Swayze. He was the ghost. You're right. Patrick Swayze was the ghost. Whoopi Goldberg was in that movie too. Ghost. She was. Yeah. Talented. Uh, talented. Dude, listen. So my girls, I had them 
I wanted to watch Field of Dreams. It's it's unbelievable. And so we we start watching it, and then my girls are like, Dad, why are we watching this? This is a baseball movie. I'm like, no, it's not a baseball movie. It's a ghost movie. Yeah. And they're like, really? I go, it's a not scary ghost movie. And then, dude, they were hooked. They freaking love it. They There you go. They watched last summer when Kevin Costner walked on the field and oh man, and just stood there for yeah. five minutes as only Kevin Costner could do. My girls were fired up. So yeah, that was a I, moment. I am going to give Ray Liotta, rest in peace, the nod as best ghost ever. Okay. Played. I okay. I think it's pretty weak that Texas fan doesn't agree with this. Well, I'm more of a Goodfellas guy. I mean, this when is, I think of Ray Liotta, that's the first thing I think of. I this mean, is a, this is a family podcast. You can't even I quote one quote from Goodfellas. <laughs> It's still one of the greatest movies ever. Come on. Listen, it is. Joe Pesci is so good in Goodfellas. He's unreal. Yeah. <laughs> he is so good. It's a great movie. Uh, anyway, we're talking OU Texas. Okay. You got to go first last time. Yes. And you went with 05. I followed up with 96. I'm going to stay in the theme of ending streaks. Okay. okay. Streak ending wins, and I am going with the 2000. Okay, you're gonna go there, Texas fan, and Kevin Miller specifically. What are your thoughts? Like, what were you thinking going into the 2000 OU Texas game? Just excited to watch it, didn't think there was much separating the two teams. I mean, I think 10 and 11 in the national rankings at the time. actually had a uh, guy I went to high school with, Cedric Griffin, who was committed to play at Texas at the time. So I remember talking to him before and asked him, what do you think? It's like, we got to win, right? He's like, yeah, I were think you, so. You know? Were you boys with Cedric Griffin? You know, we weren't super close, but we went to middle school and high school together. He's a really good guy. I mean, his story, it's, it's unbelievable. He didn't really, first of all, he was a stud, right? As you would expect. Didn't have a lot of offers, though, after his junior year. Somehow gets in touch with the Texas coaches and asks if he can attend one of their football camps. Goes to the camp, and they after the, his performance of the camp, they offer him instantly, and he commits right then and wow. there. So he came back to San Antonio and told us that he got an offer and committed. It was But you were incredible. telling me his family life wasn't the best? His home life wasn't yeah, great? Yeah, he, he had some rough family stuff going on in high school. I remember him living with um, the family of another guy on the team. So to overcome that, he gets to Texas, four-year starter, national champion, uh, national champion, second-round pick, seven or eight years in the NFL, went back to Austin, got his degree. So it's just a great story. So yeah. you're saying after the 2000 game, you like him because he had the integrity not to switch over to Oklahoma after losing 63-14. That's what you're saying about exactly. Cedric. Yeah, yeah. He's he's loyal. He showed his loyalty. Um and y'all were after some of the recruits. I would ask him about some of the guys, you know, um, Derek Johnson, Tommy Harris, who was still uncommitted at the time, who Texas fans, along with every other school in the te- in the country, wanted. So he would kind of give me the little inside scoop on the, on those guys. So dude, I love it. 
Uh, we did, you need to text Cedric Griffin and get him on our next episode. Well, Just, I haven't spoken to him in, in probably about at, 13 years, but I will, I will see if I look can. Look at one of those Holmes High School reunion <laughs> websites and say, hey, dude, remember me? We went to – what, what, what – did you Saul like, Ross? Ooh. Did you go Saul Ross? I went to Pat Neff, actually. Pat Neff. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Say, hey, well, I went to Pat Neff. Let's get on this podcast. It is <laughs> trending. It is viral. Uh, you got to get it on. Okay, 2000 game. Here's, here's just some of my quick takeaways. Number one, as talked about in episode three, we are now on grass. Yeah, the artificial turf. The astral turf is gone. But it was gone in 99 too, right? Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, so we're on grass. The pads still look big, but they look manageable at this point. Correct. Yeah, we're, we're getting more to the modern look. Um, Major Applewhite is your starting quarterback, but y'all have a little quarterback controversy Brewing or it's brew- yeah, yeah, it, it's it's already brewing. It, it's it really boiled over in two thousand one, but at that point, it's already brewing. Okay, uh, with Chris Sims, uh, one of the most hated. Maybe he's not the most hated because he was terrible against us, but we just didn't like him. Nobody okay. liked Chris Sims. Yeah, I see we, him yeah, on. Yeah. I see him on football tonight on on Sunday Night Football, and I still just chuckle at how bad we beat him. Well, all the time. Yeah, it, it's. Really shocking because he was so talented. It, it's those teams. It was just interesting how they would kind of fold in those moments against the Sooners. Speaking of folding in moments against the Sooners, we had two Roy Williams on the field, right? Yes. In 2000? Yeah. We had one Roy Williams who made a career on Texas, and we had another Roy Williams who in three or four years never caught a touchdown pass. Correct. Yeah, our guy – uh, super talented. He was a freshman in 2000, so he was getting his feet wet. So I didn't he, hold his performance in that game against him being a true freshman. You know how it is in Cotton Bowl. You don't usually see players shine as true freshmen. But, you know. Well, didn't your true freshman last, last year shine in the first or in his first appearance? Hey, he, he's a different dude, though. That guy's different. Well, he is pretty good. You, uh, Ewing, he's pretty good. Uh and then um, let's see here. So getting into the game, I mean, Oklahoma fan, I, I think we thought we could win, but we were coming off a, a bad win against Kansas, like 34-16, lackluster. Mm-hmm. Didn't really have momentum going into the game like we wanted. Yeah. And then it started, and there was just no chance y'all were going to win that game from the very beginning. From the From the kickoff, yeah. It was just, and I, I think mean, I think this game is indicative of the games to come, where not only did Bob Stoops beat Mac Brown, but he destroyed Mac Brown when he had the chance. Yeah, like the accelerator stayed on, and he made it a point to beat down Texas when he had the opportunity. And we it see was it. definitely a statement game, and we see it two or three more times. Yeah, you see it in 03. And you see it in, I think, was it 2011 11. and 12? Yeah. And yeah. 12. And 12. Just yeah. destroy. Four. Yeah. And, and that's what Mac was never really able to do. I mean, Mac got a good win. We talked about 05. It was a good win. Mm-hmm. But you didn't just leave going demoralizing. It was This was a demoralizing, kick in the nuts kind of win. It was. And uh, Quentin Griffith had six touchdowns. Six. That had to just – Quentin Griffin cannot be a favorite player of Texas fan. Oh, no. Listen, 
he's probably at the top of my list of guys that you know that we dislike because because he was so good. First of all, he's was he five five? I think he was five two. Five two linebacker. How do you even see him? You know, he he comes behind the line, and then all of a sudden there he is running past you. That was a good player. I mean, he he didn't break a hundred yards though. I think he only had eighty something yards against you guys. Oh well, you know. But when you score six touchdowns, it doesn't matter. And he got us again in o in o two as well. So yeah, and then we had had enough of him when he was done. Defensively, you got Rocky Calmus, Torrance Marshall, J.T. Thatcher, Derek Strait, uh, Roy Williams. Roy, oh yeah, Roy Williams. The defense is, but we don't know it yet. This that's in hindsight. Yes, we didn't know who those dudes. That those dudes were those dudes, yeah. But you say those dudes' names out loud, you're like, oh, well, they were ama- they're amazing. Yes, they yeah. they yeah. weren't amazing in 2000 before we played Texas. They were yeah. really solid football players. We thought we had a good defense. But, you know, we were more focused on the offense. Like, oh, oh we, you know, we had Josh Heupel in 99. We had him through the first deal. You know, we got Mangino at this point. But, you know, we're, we're thinking high-powered offense, lots of passes. That defense – in the 2000 game is like, oh, oh, here we go. And I just, it was was just relless against you guys. And you were a good team. Yes. Yes, a good team with good players. Yes. Who was your running back? Um, It was um, Hodges Mitchell uh, was our running back. Who was a good player? Yeah. Good player. You had Roy Williams. You had... A- Apple White, who had proved himself, and then you you did bring Chris Sims off the bench. Yeah, uh, didn't help. It didn't help. It was just it was terrible. Yeah, and um, I just I don't know. There's not so much to talk about from a strategic standpoint or anything like that. It, it the significance of the significance of the game in is it propelled Oklahoma to its national championship. It really was a statement too. I think it was like okay. Are they for real? And it was like, oh, yeah, we're for real. We're here. And you guys, you better get ready because we're just getting started. And that's exactly what happened. You guys are just getting started. You know, and so many of those games that we see that we treat like those games are there's some you can look back and see some quirky plays that happened. There was no quirky plays in this game. It was a, just a beat down from beginning to no, end. And it was just like and there were no, you know, 90 yard touchdown p- passes or runs it was just eight yards here nine yards here 10 yards yeah. here, just straight down the field yeah it's josh Heupel, josh heupel picking up a, a mark clayton was on this team yeah uh again we didn't know that mark clayton was mark clayton back then and he had some runs in this game uh brandon jones was on this team yeah um yeah it was antoine savage and savage fake playing receiver before he switched over to defense Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I got that down here. Yeah, I got that down here on the list of things. That that's anyway. I I don't want to beat a dead horse because I know that you've you know experienced a lot of flashbacks having to watch the game, but it really set the tone. It it it, it said to the and I remember that Sports Illustrated had us on the didn't were we on the cover the next week? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it just was it was so exciting and so much fun and uh i asked teddy layman about this game and he goes i remember it being wet 
and not very many people in the stands by the end of it. <laughs> hey, if I would have been there, I would have been gone at, at half. I mean, it was 42-0. That started the second quarter. That started the trend of Texas exoduses that lasted for quite a while. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we had a few of those. We had a few of those. All right. I've just got a smile on my face. I could talk about that game all all. Uh, <laughs> I could keep talking about the game. But let's put a pin in 2000. Let's allow Texas fan to tell me their number two pick. All right, uh, 2008. Yeah. That was a good game, dude. It was okay. a great game. So if 2000 was not a good game, 2008 was a heck of a football game. Were you there? I was there. Where were you sitting? There. Where were you sitting? I was in the upper corner, like in the, in the upper deck. Remember, they had just expanded it. Yes. So I was in the corner of the end zone. Not all the way up, but on the second level. Okay, I was all the way up. Okay. On on Oklahoma side, but in that new section that mm-hmm. they where they put the new uh TV screen. Yeah. I was in that new section all the way I, I must have been two rows from the top. Yeah. But it was in the end zone. The uh view was fantastic. Uh I got introduced to red velvet cake beer okay. before that game. So you actually had it on game day. I had it on game day. How I was brave little, of you. A little younger then, you know, okay. thinking. Yeah. And I also thought that you had to do it at the Cotton Bowl. You do it the day before. If, you get, if you're in town. If you can get in town early enough on Friday, that's when you try all the weird stuff. You can't risk having a messed up stomach during the well, game. Well, I didn't have a messed up stomach, but it went down so good. Red Velvet beer at 9.30 in the morning – on OU Texas went down so so good nothing gives you a headache in the Dallas heat worse than red velvet yeah or any beer the beer in a wax cup with the Fletchers oh I was hung over better I was hung over by halftime um Oklahoma gets up to a 21 nothing lead um actually no it was 14-3 and that's I want to talk about this too um OU ranked number one Texas coming into the game Number five, both teams undefeated. We, so huge college game day. I mean, it's 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 a lot of hype. A lot um, of hype surrounding the game. If you put the rosters up against each other for this game, the talent level is it's insane. Give, it, it's ridiculous. Give me give me three guys off of your team that just re, and re, to remind us the talent level. Okay, that was well, on obviously, the I mean, you know Colt McCoy, but um, Brian Arapo, first round pick. Yeah, uh, Jordan Shipley. Sooner Killer, maybe uh, number one on that. We also have had the Mark Houston, Roy Miller, Sergio Kendall. Did you have the Ocho brothers on this team? Um, Sam was there. Sam was there. I don't think Emmanuel was there yet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're talking Gerald McCoy, Jermaine Grisham, Heisman Trophy winner Sam Bradford. Um. Joaquin Iglesias was on that team. Yeah, Not Manny w- Johnson. Manny Johnson's on that team. Uh, you say Broyles? I'm not sure if you said Broyles. Oh, yeah, Ryan Broyles. Our linebacker was pretty good, Ryan Reynolds. I thought he was very good. We had a young Travis Lewis. Uh-huh. Uh, we were loaded. Austin Both English teams. was a good player. 
this, I think you made a good point about, uh, make, make the point you made about this matchup in terms of you guys getting a win against this team. Well, it was really the first time in the Mac Brown era that, you know, they beat an OU team that was just as talented. In 05, you know, Texas was a superior team, but this is the first time that they went toe-to-toe against a really good OU team and went at them for four quarters and came out on top. That's something that we hadn't seen before. We had seen them, like in 2002, for example, you know, it was back and forth, back and forth, but once it got into the late third and fourth quarter, you know, OU was able to pull away. So we had seen that kind of performance before out of Texas, but this one, two teams at their very best, loaded with elite talent, and and it was just the kind of game that Texas would normally lose. And they just kept fighting, just kept punching back, and, and were able to get the win. So this one really stands out for Texas fans. It's really, besides that USC win, I mean, this is up there, almost up there with that. It's the best non-championship game win as a Texas fan that I've experienced, seriously. We are sitting in the end zone uh, all the way up there. We're up 14. To, we've just gone up 14 to 3. Uh we're we are getting the sense that maybe this is like every other OU Texas game over the last eight or nine years at this point, where we're gonna, you know, we're we're winning before we even walk in the stadium type situation. Yeah. Jordan Shipley gets that punt gets that kickoff. Dude, the C part like nothing I've ever seen. And he runs that ball straight at me. And I think he's looking at me when he runs the ball. <laughs> And taunts me the entire time, scores a touchdown in the Oklahoma end. It was the one of the more deflating plays in the entire series. For you, is it the exact opposite for Texas? The fans? exact opposite because we're worried too. Because you know it's like we don't do something now, this is going to get away from us because we didn't look like we were able to stop you guys at all up to that point. Jordan Effin Shipley, yeah, is the most hated player for me. He made so many plays against us. Yeah. That play, that t- that touchdown return. But then uh, in the 08 game and the 09 game, it was like third and seven, third and six, third and eight, third and seven, third and six. You knew where they were going. Colt McCoy was going to Jordan Shipley. Yeah. And, you, you know, what, what always fascinated me about – Colt McCoy and Jordan Shipley is neither one of them. If you line them up without their pads on, are you thinking these two guys are the most physically imposing players on the field, right? Quite the opposite. Not at all. They were just, you know, I'm from Texas. I was born in Texas. Um, I've lived now in Oklahoma for over 20 years. So I, I make fun of Texas plenty with, you know, these are the gritty Texan guys. And I, I think always with the golfers, we, Texas loves to say these are gritty, Jordan Spieth, gritty golfers. And okay. those two dudes were gritty football players, though. Yeah. Like, they just played ball. And Listen. I hated every freaking second of it. <laughs> you know, and, and Jordan Shipley, he was, a, he was at Texas for six years. I mean, his first two years, he didn't play at all because he had two major injuries. So, and Mac Brown actually said, hey, man, you, know, you might consider giving this up. I want you to be able to have a good life when you're in your 30s and 40s. 
he stuck it out. Finally got onto the field in 06. And is there any hope? Is there any hope for Oklahoma fan that in his 30s and 40s he now is like you know a walking shell of himself? Is there any chance of that, or is he actually a? He seems to be doing pretty good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, great, great job, Jordan. Glad you persevered. And like you said about that, you know, you look at him, and remember, we also had Quan Cosby. Also, doesn't look. You know, they didn't look like Roy Williams did, who was you know six three and a half, two hundred and fifteen pounds, chiseled guy. But, you know, the heart and the toughness that these guys had, just that 08 team was just different. When it, it wasn't the typical Texas team, as people like to like to say. They definitely brought it. Uh, key play or the big, that was that was the big momentum change. But we still score. Jermaine Gresham goes, gets another score after that. We go up 21-10. Yeah. Um, and we're even up 28-20 uh, into the third quarter. But Ryan Reynolds is out for the second half, our middle linebacker. Um, I am making excuses. That changed the entire complexion of our defense. It did. They were already starting to kind of work the middle of the field and attacking the linebackers. Once he was out, then that was the game plan. And they actually had Shipley running the tight end routes. So just literally working the middle of the field, attacking the linebackers. It was so tough sledding out there for those guys. And who's to say? I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Ryan Reynolds wasn't some, you know, he wasn't a Buckus award-winning uh, linebacker or anything. Uh, and who's not to say that Jordan Shipley doesn't beat him down too? Which I, you know, don't put anything past that dude in that game. Uh, but it did. It's like uh, I think the guy was it Tom Wart? Is that who filled in for? You know, I don't think it was Wart yet. It was um, oh, what was on. his name? I want to say his name was Crow. Something Crow. Is that right? Let me look. I, I got. Hold on, guys. Hold on, OU fan. Is it Brandon Crow? Is that his name? That's what I want to say. I'm, and this is just completely off. No, I'm not. I see a Brandon Crow. It might have been Brandon Crow. Yeah. Was it 48? Was it? Was yep. Number? Yep. You're well done. Listen, if for all you listeners out there, if you want to know why I chose Kevin Miller to be my co-host, is that right there? Brandon Crow, number 48. I've put it out of my mind. And you know what was interesting about that is I remember thinking as I'm watching the game that they put him in because he was Ryan Reynolds' backup, but he wasn't the next best player. And it always bugged me that we couldn't put a better player back there. Like, I understand that Crow was the backup. Yeah. But he wasn't the best player. So we had a better linebacker on the the sideline. And I should have written that down, but now we're, you know, we kind of got going here. But we had a better linebacker on the sideline, and I just kept thinking to myself, play that guy. Play anybody but Brandon Crow. Do you know who that was? Oh, you know what? I don't want to spend a ton of time looking. Well, Travis Lewis is one. It could have been. Yeah, Travis but he was Lewis. already out there. He was already out there. He started the game. Uh, it was him and um, – I know later that year they played a lot of Nick Harris at, at uh, linebacker. You know, I thought he would have been a really good linebacker. They played a lot of Nick Harris at linebacker, and I think that would have been a better move. Then what, you also had Keenan Clayton. That might have been him. Number yeah, 22. Uh, Soul for Springs, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. That might have been Clayton, but I was thinking it was either Clayton or Nick Harris. I'm like, I, Brandon Crow, I'm not picking on you, Brandon Crow. You're, you're a Sooner. I wasn't, blah, blah, blah. But it just, there were other dudes out there that I thought would have given us a better chance to win. But um, I know what they were doing. They were going with 
you know, he understands the playbook. He understands the coverages. I just, yeah. I, I hated that. That Kevin, well done, Brandon Crow. I, I hope to do that one day to you. <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, y'all go on after this game. You go on to lose to Texas Tech in Lubbock. Heartbreaking. Yeah, this is the worst loss I've experienced as a Texas fan. Um, who's the quarterback for Texas, Texas Tech? Graham Harrell. Was it Graham Harrell still? It was. Huh? When he – his post game, when he's like, I just threw it to my man Crab, and he made a play. Alice and I – Alice Young, for those who – is my wife – for those who are listening for the first time, Alice is not a football fan, but she was fired up by that play. She knew how exciting that play was to beat Texas. Yeah. yeah. And then we just destroy Texas Tech. They had nothing left after <laughs> after that Texas game. I mean, everything they had inside of them was left on that field. It was amazing. And then I just remember, can you remember the circular logic that was trying to be used yeah. by both coaches? Yes. And, yeah. And I don't – we got into the Big 12 because we were ranked higher than you guys. <laughs> and Bob Stoops just kept going because people were like, well, why, should, why shouldn't Texas get in over you? I mean, they beat you. Yep, but we beat Texas Tech. We, and he just kept coming back to yeah, that. But we yeah. beat Texas Tech. But we beat Texas Tech. Yeah. Uh, that had to be one of the most miserable decisions it, ever man. by the Big 12. It was rough because I'm telling you, we love that team. That team, I mean, almost as much as the 05 team, seriously. Love that 08 team, that 08 team. And would have loved to see what they could have done against Florida and you the beat, National Championship. We've said it before, but you beat Florida. Yeah, we beat I Florida so if we got too. We beat Florida if we got DeMarco Murray. Uh, yeah. It's just a bizarre. I mean, I don't think we'll ever see that. Obviously, the Big 12 is broken down differently now. But we'll never see that again. We have three teams from the same division, all with one loss against each other. Yeah. I I guess you could potentially see it in the SEC. We'll find you out. Could, but it just it just seems so unlikely, you know? Uh, now, if I remember correctly, too, Texas fan was still holding on to hope that Missouri would beat us. And y'all would somehow no. back into the BCS, right? I mean, look, there was a hope that it would – I mean, there was no way you guys were losing – to Missouri. No. It just was not going to happen. You know, no. of course, you're hopeful, but there was no way. DeMarco Murray hurt his – that's when he hurt his knee or – Yeah, dislocated knee. Yeah. yeah. Big, uh, big injury. Oh, listen, that 2008 game, that was a good football game. Also, forgot to mention Earl Thomas, oh, uh, redshirt freshman that year. Just an absolute stud. Man. Well, and I could name our offensive line. I mean, Phil Lodeholt huh? was on Trent that team. Williams. Trent Williams is on that team. Yeah, yeah Trent dudes. Williams. Still I, in the league. Still in the still league. Still really good, too. And still getting big contracts. Big yeah. contracts. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, Jermaine Gresham was just a heck of a tight end. I mean, he's as good as any tight end I've ever seen in college football. Uh, That's how good I thought he was. The following year, we're playing BYU. Nightmare for you guys. And I'm fortunate enough to run into Barry freaking Switzer at Rudy's Barbecue in Norman the Friday before that BYU game. Okay. 
and he was awesome. Every like every story you ever hear about Barry Switzer, he was that good. It's like, yeah. hey, coach, don't want to bug you, but how are we going to do tomorrow? And you know, he's still doing a little TV at the time, and he just broke in, breaking down the game. But he said that you, we were not giving enough um, attention to the fact that Jermaine Gresham's hurt. Okay. And sure enough, that blitz on BYU came on Jermaine Gresham's side, lit up yeah. Bradford. And yeah. Uh, yeah, Jermaine Gresham was a stud. And dude, he was a stud for Cincinnati for a number of years. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, he's as good as any college tight end I've seen. Yeah. Just nothing he couldn't do. I mean, he had the big touchdown in the 08 game. I remember he had one in the 07 game. He just, he's just that guy for sure. He's so good. For sure. Episode. Four is coming to an end. Uh, I think 2000 and 2008 are... 2000 was not a great game, but it was a great game for Oklahoma fan, and it set the tone for Bob Stoops' run through the Big 12 for years to come. 08, to your point, even though it was a loss, great game. Why you're a college football fan. uh, And it... uh, I just, you know, it was a loss, but man, it was a heck of a game to be at, heck of a game to be a part of. And to look back at it and look at the talent on both teams makes you yearn for those days. You know, I, I don't care yeah. what Sooner fan says. When Sooner fans like, oh, I can't ever root for Texas. No, you need Texas to be good. You And Texas needs Oklahoma to be good. And when Absolutely, we're both good. Yeah, it's better. It's better when both programs are rocking because, again, you get those games like that with – you know, both teams being ranked in the top five. I mean, Texas jumped from number five to number one because that's how much respect the media had for Oklahoma. So Texas can go and beat this team, and they're probably the the best team in the country. So it was, yeah, yeah, it was it was fantastic. Uh, this was super fun. I can't believe we're done with episode four. Yeah. Uh, if there's uh, anything that people feel like they need to share or get off their chest or they disagree with me, uh, hit me up on my Snapchat. And my TikTok, um, and I'll be sure to respond appropriately. Uh, Kevin, what do you think? Again, we appreciate you guys watching. Any uh, feedback, let us know in the comments. Um, let me know what you guys thought about the 08 game and the 2000 game. And um, if there are any games you want us to talk about at a later time, hey, let us know. Also, you can find us on um, other podcast platforms too. Episode five is going to have. Are well, it probably this is probably your favorite game, right? Oh, wait, yes. Uh, it's gonna have my favorite game. My favorite game is in the next episode, okay. And um, if anybody's ever heard me talk about OU football, I, I don't think it'll be a surprise, but my favorite game is in the next episode. Uh, the, the game you chose is not one of my favorite games, so that'll be fine, that'll be good. Let's do it. Oh, you know what? Actually, it was a really good game, though, yeah. A little teaser. Really, another incredible game. Yeah. I don't want to give it all away. Kevin, this was fun. See you, buddy. See you, man. Have a good one.